Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We are your hosts, Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing. We're from the Draft Network and we're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They have all the sports, so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy new year to you. Happy. Oh, I see what you did there. I, I was expecting some kind of fancy, schmancy holiday for, for January 2nd, and you said, no, 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 we're just going to celebrate 2023 and go from there. And well we done. had options. We had options. It's National Buffet Day. It's National Science Fiction Day. It is uh, National Pet Travel Safety Day, um, Swiss Cheese Day, World Introvert Day. But no, Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Uh, I'm about to crawl in a hole and die. That's what I'm about to do. Don't do that. <laughs> with that, some Swiss not, cheese at the buffet. With some, with some Swiss cheese from the buffet. That sounds lovely. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, Chris, Happy New Year. Welcome. Hi. Joseph, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Kyle. Kicking off 2023 in style. We have about 50,000 dudes to react to from over the weekend. There was a lot of big-time performances. Our friend Kyle J. Krabs did a mock draft for us to discuss. And about 47 teams have joined the Levy Grail that we're going to get to this week. So a action-packed week here on the show. <laughs> sure is. Um, action-packed. College football playoffs. Holy oh my points. goodness. Did not I did not see these points coming like we got from both games, man. And before we like get into the dudes, because we're gonna kind of do this a little bit differently, can I say that I found myself and I, I didn't expect this to happen. I found myself rooting for TCU and then I found myself rooting for Ohio State. I didn't expect that to but, happen, but, but I did. But Joe TCU didn't deserve to be in the college football playoffs right. because T- of the way t- that they tough scenes tough scenes the for the, the entire Alabama deserved to make the right. college football Over playoff. TCU, because, you know, Seen. TCU's resume wasn't as good as Alabama's resume. You know, I just. What I, was. I don't remember my take on all that. I think I was pretty satisfied with the group, right? I know. Yes. Chris you was. think you think there were the four, the right four teams. Yeah. I, yeah these, I, were the right these were the right. Because the four. alternative was to was to take an, an Alabama team with two losses who did not even play for their conference championship Which, was the alternative to put and my big gripe was that it should if it was if it was that it was Tennessee. I, Tennessee should have been higher. Ranked right. Because Tennis, Tennessee would had the same resume, but beat Alabama head to head. So and beat, and I, beat I, LSU, who Alabama lost to. So and this is why I know Coach Saban. Took the time after the bowl game. Congratulations on your butt kicking of, oh, right, Kansas State. Nice job, Alabama. 
Nice to know Nick got up there and said, oh, we really wish we had gotten more consideration for the college football playoff just to watch TCU punch Michigan right between the eyes because Michigan refused to run the ball outside the tackles when they're running a 3-3-5 stack on defense. Michigan says, ah, we'll just watch this. We're just going to run zone read and run it right up the middle the entire game and not try and run it off the edges and throw two pick sixes. (laughs) And then Ohio State takes Georgia down to the wire and just happens to miss a field goal in about the ugliest way that you could possibly miss a field goal on the last uh, last play of the game to lose the game by one point. So like a month ago, we lived in a world where Michigan fans were just in love with Harbaugh and Ohio State fans wanted Ryan Day to be sent to outer space. Correct. How do they feel? How do, how are they feeling today? Because Harbaugh's lost like his last six bowl games or something like that. And uh, postseason and, six nests has not been a statement. And a lot oh, of the reason why they, they lost that game. Wire. And a lot of the reason why they lost that game was coming some of the stuff that he did. The opening drive, Yo, trick can, play. Can we, can we figure out what's going on in the red zone? Could Dude, we his, try to score some touchdowns? It was brutal. Some of those plays, I'm like, Dude, you're just going to run it. I, I, in fact, I was like, you know what? Take a penalty, back up, give yourself some more space, because if you get any pressure, right. you're not going <laughs> to score points. Just get, create some more opportunity. That's a weird world to live in, right? Even, even down to the fullback dive that we tried to run on the one yard. With the guy who had like one, one carry the entire season. We were, getting cute. We were getting cute. Just line up. And run the freaking ball, man. It's bad. It's no, bad. But, but Kyle, but Kyle, you see, if they would have called the if they would have called it a touchdown on the previous play, and if they would have called DPI on that one play late in the game, Michigan would have won. So see, it's it's not it's not as bad as see, this is why I hate these arguments. And this goes back to TCU getting in. Everyone was like, Oh, you can't put TCU in, they're gonna get they're gonna get boat raced by Michigan. You can't you can't put them in, you can't do that. Well, guess what? You look like you look you look foolish. You look foolish for making a comment like that. It's why you put the four teams in that deserve to get in, and then you just let the games play out. You don't live or die by the results. You do a process-based thing. The four best teams get in. You move on with your life. If if we get a good natty, this will be the greatest year of the college football playoff in the history oh, of the yeah, college no, football no playoff. Question. Why do I feel an urge to, ta- to say to Chris Schubert that TCU is a Power 5 team and not a mid-major? I, I don't because you do feel like I'm just I'm I'm waving the right baton for TCU right because it's not it's not Ohio State or Bama or Georgia or something like that because they because they were legitimately trying to they were trying to screw them out of a spot to give it to Alabama but they didn't they were the three seed in right. fact I thought Chris, they were absolutely the opposite of screwed because they should have been the four Chris I would like I would like to extend the olive branch and formally invite you to join me as lifelong South Dakota State Jackrabbits fans. <laughs> I can't deal with right that. I'm not doing this to start 2023. Not happening. Why not? I'm not going to, so quit asking. Right, Nick. I'm not doing it. All right, so do we want to maybe talk about some of the dudes from yeah. this game? We kind of got a little sidetracked there. It's got to be Quentin Johnson, the TCU wide receiver. Uh, I mean, yeah. big-time explosive plays, an absolute difference maker. 163 receiving yards. They only passed for 225. I mean, this guy was their passing game. Uh, they completed 14 passes, six of them to Quentin Johnson. Obviously, the, the big 76-yard play. I mean, th- this game, this win doesn't happen without him. Quentin Johnson, in a big-time moment, uh, proved that he was uh, that guy, that dude that they can rely on. For some Ima- imagine scoring 51 points with Max Duggan playing the way that Max Duggan played. It's a great point. Yeah, so, so I, 
<laughs> I was going to text you during the game. I was, gonna, but then I decided to say, Oh, you were going to text somebody during a game. Right. We're weird. Right. So I didn't, but I didn't. So I did, that's important to know. Uh, I figured I'd save it for the podcast. I was at a, uh, a new year's Eve party with multiple people. There was probably, it's like six couples there. Right. So I'm there with six guys were watching this football game. You know, I got the question. I got the question, Kyle. Is Max Duggan a first-round quarterback? <laughs> mm. I got a couple DMs during the game asking, should the Dolphins draft Max Duggan on oh. day two? Should they, Kyle? No. <laughs> you should not waste your draft pick. <laughs> but the thing, what, what kills me is this, man. You answer the question, and then he goes and he makes like a great throw. And then you have to like answer for yourself. It's like, guys, I don't... There, it's, it's about trades. It's, it's process versus <laughs> results, right? How's Dude, the, how's this for process versus results? You mentioned Quentin Johnson, Dylan Horton. Yeah, Dylan Horton played out of his mind in this game. So did D. Winters. Yeah, imagine both of those guys. Um, imagine before Four the game. Sacks. Imagine before the game telling you that Kendra Miller is going to leave the game hurt. Max Duggan is going to play the way that he's going to play, and TCU is still going to drop fifty one. TCU is going to score fifty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a great way to put it, Chris. There's no chance you think Michigan beat him by three scores, right? At least. Unbelievable. Enter J.J. McCarthy with his two pick sixes that he threw on some of the worst throws I've ever seen. <laughs> he is who Ron- we thought he was. How about Ronnie Bell? I mean, this guy showed up in a big way, right? I know that Michigan didn't win the game, but I thought he was explosive, made some big plays down the field. Uh, and Roman Wilson, too, obviously. Both of those guys had over 100 yards receiving for the, for the Wolverines. This Mike Sanris still can play too. The D, the nickel number zero for Michigan. Yeah. He had a pick in this game. He's a former wide receiver. He was a wide receiver last year. Mm-hmm. Very intriguing because he got, he got, I've seen the x-rays. He's got the dog. He's got oh, the dog in him. Oh, you got me. You I've got seen me. the like, x-rays. What the hell are you talking about? X-rays. Mike Sandra still has got the dog in him. So, uh, a lot of great NFL draft performances from that first game uh, in a very entertaining game. Michigan losing to TCU 51 to 45 in the first of the two games of the college football playoff. That, of course, being the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. It, it, it was like the guys were the guys in this game. I know Kendra Miller got hurt, but Quentin Johnson shows up. Ronnie Bell shows up. Uh, Dylan Horton, the edge from TCU, shows up. I thought both Mozzie Smith and, and Mike Morris on that Michigan defensive line had their moments, right? It was like the guys that you, you – you the talent that you expected to play well showed up in a big stage. Yeah, I think that that's the best, best way to summarize that game. Okay. The Ohio State Buckeyes let the Georgia Bulldogs off the hook. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Like Denny Green would say. How about CJ Stroud? I know that I know the Buckeyes didn't win this game, but I I came away with just I, I came away feeling like the best quarterback that I watched in the playoffs was very easily CJ Stroud. Big time throws and big moments, weaponizing his legs. I mean, that was something that I was really excited to see. I did a little math. Uh oh. Easy, everybody. Draft dudes do math. Uh yeah, I so I did I did a little math here, and in the 25 games prior, so for his career, 
for for CJ Stroud's career prior to this football game. He had 238 rushing yards in 25 okay. games. Okay. 238 divided by 25. That's not many. It's like okay. maybe That's 9 9 point <laughs> oh, yeah. Wonk, wonk. Okay. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You had 70. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You've now added a laugh track to the soundboard no, for the, us? The laugh, tra- the laugh track existed before we oh, got okay. in, before I got in there. Uh, 9.5. 9.5. 70, and this is not, this is NFL scoring. The, the college. Right, college, because the, co- the college box score says you rush for 34, which is nonsense. Ridiculous thing going, right? Rushing yards, like we calculate them for the NFL. It's 70, Kyle. And he was, I mean, obviously extending plays, make, making throws on the field, but actually like using his legs. That's, if you read my scouting report on C.J. Stroud, you're going to read words about how I want him to weaponize his legs more. And he did in this game and hung 41 points on this really, really good Georgia Bulldogs defense. I, w- I will do you one better. C.J. Right. Stroud against Georgia was the best NFL draft prospect quarterback performance by any prospect in the country this past weekend. And that includes the Bryce Young 16 of 21 or whatever it was and five touchdowns performance against Kansas State. C.J. Stroud's performance against Georgia was more impressive than Bryce oh. Young's performance against Kansas State. Yeah. But it's just you get you get through that game and they scored Alabama scores touchdowns on like three state possessions. Everybody's just losing their mind about Bryce right. Young playing out of his mind and having some really nice throws. And it's like, yeah, they're nice throws. But if you if you hold the Stroud performance up against the Young performance in that individual one-game vacuum of this past weekend, Stroud's performance was more... Dude, the way he shook Jalen Carter on that free run up the middle on that early possession, that he threw a touchdown on that play? It's outstanding. And those are clubs in the bag we haven't seen from C.J. Stroud, as yeah. you said, because you wrote the report, Right. Like we didn't see anything from Bryce Young that we haven't seen for three seasons now. Right. I think that's what's hard about Bryce is like he's a really good quarterback, but what have we actually learned? That he's a really good quarterback, right? I mean, right. there's not been anything there's not any elements to his game that I think is has been different since I've watched him. He's really good in the pocket, he's a playmaker, he's got great feel, instincts, touch. I mean, he's got the stuff, right? But like what new wrinkles have come? And and I think I wish the sample size was larger, right? Because at the end of the day, it still is just one game. But I think showing that he can do it is something that's really appealing to me. It's a win for him to the next level. Yeah, yeah, it's a win for him. Oh, by the way, Travion Henderson didn't play. Yeah, Mayan Williams had three carries for eight yards. Cade Stover. Oh, right, he went to the hospital at halftime. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Nope. Oh, right. He didn't play. And then Marvin Harrison got knocked out down the stretch as well. And I thought Marvin Harrison, there's a couple plays in this game that Marvin Harrison's made all year that he didn't come away with in this ball game. He still, I mean, he had a great game at 112 yards uh, or 106 yards, two touchdowns. He's a great player, but I thought he left a little meat on the bone. You know who I left? I left this game with a little bit more questions for Keely Ringo than I was expecting to. It's fair. He's very up and down type of performance for Keely Ringo against Ohio State. Yeah. This but, is the type of matchup that you would think would kind of play 
into his skill set. Bigger bodied receivers. And at the end, but at the end of the day, these are the kinds of guys you're going to play on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's been confusing all year, to be honest, but I, just, I just know, food I, for thought. Georgia wins the game. We've expected them to win the game, but I, I don't know. The takeaway to me is Stroud. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question. That was the, the hallmark, the centerpiece of, of that. That game was CJ Stroud's performance. He was locked in. I have one NFL dude, if I may. Okay. This will be the most predictable thing I've ever done on this podcast. My NFL dude. Brian Dable. You're damn right. It's Brian Dable. The New York Giants are headed to the postseason for the first time since 2016 on a roster that is not a playoff caliber roster. My guy pulled it off and, and did so in a very short amount of time. And I mean, we don't get to do the Levy Grail on the New York Giants, but you have a bright future ahead of you. You've got a real culture changer in Brian Dayball, and um, he's been around success everywhere he's been, whether it's the New England Patriots, Alabama, Buffalo, the Giants. He knows what it looks like. He knows what it smells like. And, um, you know, I don't I don't know how deep this postseason run is going to be. But I think that in year one, for you to be at this point right now, that's that's off to a great start. So had to give a hat tip to my guy, Dave's. Um, I have a dude. Well, can I just very quick on Dable? I, 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 this is great to know, Joe. I didn't know that you're allowed to make the playoffs without a fully playoff caliber roster that you can use. You know, you can with good coaching and good culture and good leadership, you can get to the playoffs and play in playoff games. I'm gonna write that down somewhere, uh, just for yeah. a friend. You know, you write should. that down somewhere. Is that is. Is the friend me? No, the friend's me. The friend is me. I am the friend. Oh, okay. I I have a dude. This guy had a big play last week. He came out this week, and he talked a little smack, and then he backed it up. Do we know who I'm thinking about? Is he a defensive back for the Green Bay Packers, Kyle? It's Jair Alexander, because he talked some serious smack about how the first game with Justin Jefferson was quote unquote a fluke. I can a fluke. I can support all the- of this. But the fact that he did the gritty on Justin Jefferson and didn't get a penalty is just shows you the ridiculousness of the NFL rule book. He, he was kind of working away from him. Working away he? from him, Joe. That's a very interesting way to describe what he was doing. <laughs> he did it right in front of an official. So Jair uh, spent spurts of the game on Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson finished the game. But, oh, Justin Jefferson, who entered this game in striking distance of Calvin Johnson's all-time single-season receiving yardage record for the quote-unquote flukiness of the first performance, Jefferson's done it to everyone. Jefferson finished the game with one catch for 15 yards. Bravo, Jair Alexander. Because if you're going to talk that talk, you got to play the way that you played on Sunday to back it up. And he did. would like to personally thank Jair Alexander. I'm in my fantasy football championship, and I went up against uh, Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. No one cares. You're damn right nobody cares, but I had to say it. I had to say it. 
I don't know if I'm going to win or not. We'll find out tomorrow. There's big implications, but uh, I have a chance. Thanks to Jair Alexander. And now we have. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry, I was just going to say, now we have our lines are playing the Packers in a playing game the, next week. They are. They are. Okay. It's, so is that really what's this is a real situation? This is a real situation. The winner goes yes. to the playoffs. Well, the no, the Seahawks have the head to head against the Lions. No. Yeah, so we need a Seahawks loss. So the Seahawks are playing fill in the blank. I will tell you momentarily. It's probably a NFC. Bet, is it the West 49ers? Stand by. Play the Rams. Not looking great for us, folks. Oh, okay. So the Seahawks play the Rams. And if the Seahawks win and the Packers win, the Packers make the playoffs. If the Seahawks win and the Lions win, the Seahawks make the playoffs. And if the Lion win, Lions win and the Seahawks lose, Our Lions the Lions the make the playoffs. So the I told you they were going to do it. Well, I'm going to take an L yet. on the Giants, well, we, we're not but there they're going to do it. We're not there yet. They're going to do it. They lost to the Panthers two weeks ago. Let's be, let's be real here. Yeah, and then they bounce back and they beat the pants off the Bears. Yes, they 41 did. 41 points. The Bears looked disinterested, didn't they? Yes, they did, uh, which, which is, not, no, which is wait, not a good sign. With the exception of Justin Fields rushing for 123 yards to inch him on the doorstep of the quarterback single season all-time rushing record, which I'm here for. Up, man. They have that up. They held him to 11 last week. He's got, he put 132 on the board. So he's at not a math guy. Chris isn't ready to do that. I can do it, but I don't really, you know, I don't really want that kind of responsibility. I mean, he was, he was at like 1,016 and then he had 123. So he needs like, I'm going to round up here conservatively and say he needs, he, he needs like, 70 yards. Okay. Can I ask to a question? Get it. Yeah. Is Justin Fields going to play next week? Why would he not? Well, because, you know, draft position, baby. If you don't give your second year quarterback with how little you gave him to work with all season a chance to go out and set a record and play a game against the Vikings, shame on you. Be the most egregious thing the Bears have done all season if they don't let Justin Fields go out for a chance at this record. It's the end of the year, last game of the year. It's like the water boy. Last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now, right? You got to go out and, and let it rip. I'm not saying you got to win the game. Go out and play. Yeah, I mean, let him play. He's got 132 rushing yards. They lost by 31 points. Right. Just do that again. Right. Before we get into the mock draft, can I share with you a playoff scenario that has been shared by the internet that is that if it does happen, the NFL is going to melt down next weekend? Yeah, I'd love to hear this. The let's I'm going to give you a bunch of results, okay? All right. The Titans beat the Jaguars next Sunday. Got Titans the, are in at 8 and 9. The Bills beat the Patriots. Okay. The Jets beat right. the Dolphins. 8 and 9. The Steelers Lose one of their next two. Now, they're playing on Sunday night we, before we were recording the show, so they might have already lost, but either Baltimore or Cleveland, they lose one of those two. Does everybody so know who the that's second... That's five, five, eight, nine teams. Does everybody know who the Titans would obviously win the division and they would get their yep. four seed? Does everybody know if all of those results happened, who would get the seven seed in the AFC? 
Jaguars. Dougie P's Jacksonville Jaguars. We can live they in a world where both of those teams could get in. <laughs> and it's not outrageous. And it's not completely ridiculous. I would actually say there's a, there's a pretty good chance all of it, that happens. I'm here to tell you the thing that's probably the most un, the most unlikely is the Titans beating is the Jacksonville Jags. <laughs> losing like <that's>, right. themselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. With jo- who's going to play quarter? Josh Dobbs, Malik Willis. Come on now, it ain't gonna happen. Kyle, do you- Kyle, I want to hear. I I haven't seen your mock draft. I'm, I I I want to see it. I want to talk about. I haven't it. seen what's, it either. What's the plan? Kyle. Okay. Sat under lock and key all weekend. He shared. He shared. Actually, one, he shared one thing. He shared one thing that I do know. I know Atlanta doesn't the, make the a splash. Selection. The splash. Oh, okay. So what's gonna uh, happen? You're gonna like navigate us through this, or I can I can read all the the selections. He's if gonna you'd take like. on the Chris role normally, and I'm gonna take on the Kyle role. Okay. Uh, let's let's start with the top three. Let's do the top three first. Can I read my intro first? I think it's important. Context. You know, I okay. New year, new NFL mock draft. And for me personally, this is the first mock draft of the cycle that offers a definitive look at what this year's order is ultimately set to look like. Last did a mock draft around Thanksgiving, and a lot has changed since then. So I decided, with the draft order fairly firm, to do some exploratory exercises. I asked myself the following questions. What if the Texans decided to scorn quarterback and number one in favor of defensive talent and come back to the well later? What if we experienced another blockbuster trade at the quarterback position this offseason? And what new names could creep higher than we're currently projected? I enjoyed the answers so much that I've decided to share all of them with you in this mock draft. This is a thought exercise just as much as it is a forecast, and that is important context for this mock draft. It is simply one of the millions of of iterations that we could receive from the NFL multiverse. So sit back, kick your feet up, and enjoy. Crabs Mock Draft 5.0 for 2023. With the first pick, the Houston... Texans select Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, University of Georgia. The second overall pick features a trade between the Chicago Bears at number two and the Chicago and the Seattle Seahawks via the Denver Broncos at number three. The old Solomon Thomas move. It's the Bears shoe on the other foot Mitchell Trubisky trade. And the parameters of the deal were exactly the same as what the Mitchell Trubisky trade was. Seattle trades up and drafts Bryce Young at number two. They play defense for all of those teams that were calling Chicago. Chicago trades back from two to three, picks up an extra three, four, and a three next year to move back one spot. And they still draft Will Anderson at number three. I'll leave us there to start. I think it's it's fun to consider the the Texans going with the defensive talent because they have like a pick. Where is it going to be? 10, 11, 12? Somewhere uh, it's in that currently, range, I would guess. currently slated for 12. Okay. So that's possible. It's 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 always a little goofy to me to not get your guy at quarterback first. But I think it's, it's completely feasible. Um, we've seen this happen before. I feel yeah. like you've wanted to put Jalen Carter at one all week and you talked yourself – into it over the weekend. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Generally, generally, the thought process with the Texans pick was asking myself, what happens if the Texans look at it and decide Jalen Carter plus quarterback later, greater sign, yeah. quarterback one, any other player later? 
in the draft. It's it's possible. It's very possible. And if they come to that conclusion, this is what could happen. Yeah, and we, I think we've kind of picked up as much as we can with the Texans lately that they're they're into some of these like blue blood program prospects, right? Yeah. With so I I can see that. And Jalen Carter, I, Carter I, I, at one. What was Br- two young Bryce Seahawks? Bryce Young with the trade up from. Uh, Chicago, Seattle goes and up Chicago, to two and Chicago, Chicago trades down to three and picks Will Anderson. Yeah. Okay. I think you probably made a lot of people happy with that. And they pick Let's up see. two mid round picks and an extra three next year. So again, yeah. it's the exact parameters of the Mitchell Trubisky trade from yeah, a few I li- years back. I, I like that. I like that for them, especially because they kind of, they goofed on that. I won't say it. And, and good call. The thought process for Chicago or the thought process for Seattle is you play defense, right? You you still get your pick of the litter at quarterback. You give up a marginal cost. And for the Bears, you pick up extra picks, but you still get a blue yeah. chip player instead of moving back into and the and back capital. half of the top 10. And capital. Yeah, it's good. Uh, number four, the Arizona Cardinals trade out with the Carolina Panthers. We love this. Carolina Panthers jump the Indianapolis Colts and draft Will Levis. At number four overall, uh, the Colts, or the excuse me, the Panthers trading eight, 59, 89, and a next year three to move up from nine to four. This is great GMing by the Arizona Cardinals GM. It's a fantastic work. Thank you. It's my, my work here. Uh, the Colts stay put at five and pick C.J. Stroud, okay, so quarterback Ohio there. State. All right. Three quarterbacks, top five. They went two, four, and five. And then the Detroit Lions at six uh, via the L.A. Rams drafting defensive end Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech. That's fun. I think I like all the quarterback locations so far. Stroud of the Colts. Panthers get Levis, who, I mean, we just kind of believe that's who they like. And then Young to the Seattle Seahawks. I, I think – the quarterbacks have landed appropriately. And, it's good and landing course, spots for all those players. Yeah, you like sprinkle that in with the defensive talent. This this makes a lot of sense so far. The I'll yell lo- at you when I have to, but it uh, hasn't happened yet. Good. The yeah. I, I spent more time on this one than I have any of the other mocks thus far, right. in part because of what's about to happen. I don't even know if Joe knows what it is. I know, but Dude, I, Joe doesn't. I don't have a clue what's going down. Oh, Joe, the Joe doesn't read the Discord. Johnson, what's going on? No, here? they don't. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at seven. Draft Paris Johnson, offensive lineman. I know the low-hanging fruit is to blame Derek Carr for not knowing Josh McDaniels' uh, system well enough to run it at its uh, full super Saiyan power, right? So I, I get that. But you know, let's not use Tom Brady or Jared Stidham as a crutch here. Now, let's be honest. We're a little talent deficient in the trenches. So we're going to go ahead and pick an offensive lineman that can either play guard or tackle. Joe, you're laughing. I liked what you said there. I thought that was great. Thank you. Joe, are you sitting down for this one? Uh, the Atlanta Falcons have traded out of pick number eight, trading their selection along with several others to the Baltimore Ravens for quarterback uh, Lamar Jackson. Okay. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens have pick number eight, courtesy of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, trading six. The Falcons trading six. 39, 114, and their next two ones. You mean eight, right? Eight. Is that a yes. Six? Okay, just make sure. Eight. 39, 114, 2024, one, and 2025, one 
for quarterback Lamar Jackson, who presumably gets close to, if not a fully guaranteed contract from the Atlanta Falcons, thought process being the Falcons were in the driver's seat for Deshaun Watson until the midnight hour. So they were comfortable with the trade package. They were comfortable with the compensation. They were comfortable with the contract. And they're interested in getting a star at the quarterback position, and they can do that with a Baltimore team. Oh, by the way, part of my package here, Geno Smith signs with the Ravens this offseason. That has to happen in this, for this to, to, to happen. And the Ravens uh, at number eight, drafting Miles Murphy, defensive end from Clemson in that spot. So last week, we, um, we, we were debating on what to do for one of our show concepts. And one of the things that I had pitched to the group, and I thought it was going to stick, but it didn't, was things that we want to see from the NFL in 2023. And the number one thing on that list that I had prepared that I never got a chance to share was I want Lamar Jackson to be traded to the Atlanta Falcons. I just feel like it's kind of run its course in Baltimore. Agreed. I feel like I want to see Lamar in a different offense. And the one that really intrigues me is Arthur Smith. And it feels like Baltimore, I mean, how many draft picks has this team made over the last two years? 30? I mean, I mean, it might not be that far off, like 25 potentially. Like they have a lot of young players, and it feels like they probably measure themselves up against the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Bills, and realize, you know what, man, I don't think we're there. And take a very unique opportunity to have somewhat of a mini reset but also really set yourself up well to make noise pretty quickly. Yeah. And so I, I, I am very intrigued by all of this. And I got, I guess I got to credit Ray uh, because Ray was the one that really kind of planted this seed in one of our staff meetings and sparked a lot of conversation last week amongst our staff. And I think in a lot of ways, the manifestation of this is you doing it in your mock draft. And I think it's really fun. Uh. At number nine, the Arizona Cardinals, after trading out of pick number four, uh, used their first selection for cornerback Christian Gonzalez, University of Oregon. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at number 10, drafting defensive end Jared Verse of Florida mm. State. Yep. About as hot as any prospect in the country. Yep. He was the primary answer to the question, what names could creep higher than we're currently projecting? Yeah. Uh, and then Quentin Johnston at wide receiver tech, uh, TCU to the Tennessee Titans at pick number 11. My next is that the three. first receiver. First receiver. That is the board? first receiver. Yes. So we've had our first receiver, our first corner in this stretch, right? With yep. Gonzalez. Yep. I'm trying to think, uh, you know, it's, I don't have a visual, so I'm trying to think of like it, what the big names are that I'm expecting to see come pretty soon. And I think getting that first wide receiver in that first corner in this stretch really kind of sets oh, up. You're going to wait. Stretch. You're going to wait uh, 12 picks for your next wide receiver. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the Houston Texans at pick 12 via the Cleveland Browns. Quarterback Anthony Richardson, University of Florida. Okay, so that's their package. They they said Carter plus Richardson is better than Young, Young and Brian Brissett. Sure. Okay, I can I can dig it. Uh, the New York Jets at pick fourteen. Peter Skaronsky, or excuse me, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, University of Georgia, Pittsburgh Steelers at fourteen. Peter Skaronsky, offensive lineman, Northwestern. 
And then the Green Bay Packers at 16. Tight end Michael Mayer, Notre Dame. He's just I like that stretch. Skip Washington I, I, at 15 I, I, just because? D- yeah, I did. You well, know, my eyes have been all over the place because well, I'm looking over here and then well, I'm looking in, over here in, and then I'm looking in, over here. In fairness, you didn't, you know, you didn't know that they would have been eliminated and, and would have fallen this far with a loss. Jesus so you, you didn't have them down this far. I could understand the confusion. I apologize. The commanders at 15. Rivera, man. Joe, uh, Joe, I'm sorry. That's at 15. That's one of the, the worst things I've ever heard a coach say in a post game press conference. 15. Ever. The commanders at 15. Devin Witherspoon, corner, Illinois. Kyle, we need to talk about this more. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you just gloss over you, the fact you that you can. I'm that just, just trying to trying to keep my mock draft picks in line. You know, got in front of a podium and did I'm not know that his team was going to be eliminated when the Packers beat the Vikings later in the day. Well, listen, 12 seasons as an NFL head coach, three times you had a winning record. I you know, you. you know who's had enough is Ryan Fowler. I saw the tweets. Oh yeah, he's last done. night. I I it's just a weird spot to be if you're Washington, because I've I've I paid attention a little bit to that situation in. Like I was on, I was on their, um, you know, what's it called? A Paris, it's not a Periscope, but it's Twitter Live. What do they call it these days? Twitter Spaces. spaces. Twitter spaces. spaces. No, when they broadcast a, a press conference. What is that a, thing called? The people like a Twitter Live? I don't know. You're not. You're is that what it is? Just you call it Periscope. You can't get on Twitter. Let's now, show so our age here. What it looks like. I can't get on Twitter, but I, I when I, earlier in the day I could, and so I got on there, and while they were doing Rivera's press conference, I was reading the fan comments. And th- these fans are of the belief that they can get a big time coach. There's there's a lot of sh- Sean Payton belief. I, I mean, you only getting Sean Payton, right, dude? Like like, what are they going to attract that head coach here? I know there's only 32 of these jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just like I feel like they're in a tough spot. They have to hit gold somehow. But Ron Rivera ain't it, and he ain't been it ever. Okay, so Richardson at 12. Roderick Jones at 13 to the Jets, Peter Skaronsky at 14 to the Steelers, Devin Witherspoon 15 to the Commanders, and Michael Mayer at 16 to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, the new GM of the Packers, pulling that pick off. <laughs> be a good player for them. He will be a great player for them. Uh, the Detroit Lions at 17. They already drafted Tyree Wilson. Now they drafted okay. Brian Branch. Ooh. Safety Alabama. Ooh. I like him. I like what they do with Will Harris, and I would like it even better if that was Brian Branch. Uh, the 18th pick has been forfeited thanks to Tom Foolery in the offseason. The 19th pick uh, belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. This is their own organic pick. Uh, that pick right now is projected to be Brian Brzee, defensive lineman Clemson. Would not be surprised if he ultimately goes back to school. So what's their package? Now, what's Seattle's one to? Uh, Bryce Young and Brian Brzee. Mm, all right. So it's okay. it's literally the inverse of the Houston Texans package that we said. Which would you rather have? I I well, it depends on what you for the right team. Now. Yeah, yeah. For the teams in question and what is in place, I think Seattle is better positioned to make the most of it. But Houston's right, is I a am. more long term play. Right. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars at twenty, offensive tackle Anton Harrison, Oklahoma. Thankfully, he was not the right tackle in question against Florida State, who yeah. just decided the game was over for no reason. Just not decided he dude. wanted to talk a little smack and then give up a sack on third down and then stand there and not get lined up while Florida or while while Oklahoma tried to run a play before the yeah. clock ran out. I have two not our dudes this week: that right tackle from Oklahoma and C.J. Henderson from the Carolina Panthers. My guy is an embarrassment. 
Uh, speaking of corners, Tampa Bay at 21, Keeley Ringo, University of Georgia. Perfect, right? <laughs> is Todd Bowles going to be there? If Todd's going to be there, this, this is a match made in heaven. Yeah, we're taking him. Uh, the New England Patriots at 22, Joey Porter Jr., Penn State and Indy Lines. Think about a receiver there? No, because they can't draft him. A little self-awareness. Go at the corner. That's right. Help him play some man coverage. You know they want to. Right, and a, a very different body type. Like they, they look like they've hit gold with Jack Jones and Marcus Jones, right? But a di- very yeah, but different body guys. type. But a very different body type than both of those guys. And we're gonna have to get Jalen Mills off the books. Yeah, that's a way to do it. Uh, our next three are skill position players. The New York Giants at twenty three, drafting wide receiver Jordan Addison, USC Trojans. Good pick. The Los Angeles Chargers at pick 24, drafting wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee Volunteers. Mm, we might not want to see that happen for for the rest of the league. Man, I, I don't know. What I'm, I'm in purgatory. I don't care. I'm just going to be relegated to eight, nine every year. It's inconsequential to me what the upper echelon teams look like. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at pick 25, their second pick after landing Miles Murphy and signing Geno Smith to play quarterback Draft to B. John Robinson, running back, Texas. You can't escape it, can you? No, I don't want to either. It's <laughs> a good player. It's a premium talent. It's not a premium position. It's a good deal. Uh, two corners with our next two picks. The Cincinnati Bengals at 26, drafting Cam Smith, cornerback, South Carolina, to go with Cam Taylor Britt and Chidobi Wuzier. And Daxon Hill, first-round pick last year. Very exciting talent in the secondary. A lot of dudes there. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings at 27, drafting Clark Phillips, cornerback, Utah. And then the Dallas Cowboys at 28, drafting offensive lineman John Michael Schmidt. Okay. Pick 28. Okay. Good stretch. I like those. Good players. Good, good fits. I'll give you the last four. Uh, the Denver Broncos via the San Francisco 49ers from the Miami Dolphins at pick 29, drafting defensive end Derek Hall, University of Auburn, to replace so wait, Bradley Chubb. What team Chubb. made that pick? I, I got Denver. lost in the sauce. Denver the Broncos the Denver. Okay. Okay. from the Dolphins via the 49ers. So they get a pass rusher. They just reset the money. They just reset All the right. money. Uh, the Buffalo yeah. Bills at 30, drafting wide receiver Rasheed Rice, SMU. Mustangs. Things I just hate to see, but also love to see. It's a tough balance. The Kansas City Chiefs you at got, 30. You got Jermaine Johnson. Calm down. Right. Yeah. You got a lot of good players that we've liked across the last couple couple right. years. Even Elijah Vera Tucker. We're not the Kansas this. City Chiefs <laughs> at 31. We're not doing this. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba wide receiver, Ohio State for Kansas City. And then the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 32, Christopher Smith, safety, University of Georgia. Ooh. So you get Chris Smith and Jared Verse? Yeah. Snuck a second safety in there, huh? I did. Don't regret it either. So we get two safeties, one running back, no line, no linebackers, right? No. Four quarterbacks, right? Four quarterbacks. Four quarterbacks. One running back. One running back. And a partridge in a pear tree. Five didn't wide get receivers. get a whole lot of offensive linemen, right? It didn't feel like uh, We went Paris Johnson at seven. Broderick Scaronsky Jones at 13. Skaronsky at 14 is three. Uh, Anton John Harrison. Schmitz. John Michael Schmitz. Harrison. And then John, so five. 
offensive line. Pretty balanced numbers. I also did this fun thing where I, I predicted every, and this didn't make the mock, but it was helpful for me. I predicted every team's starting quarterback for next year. If you'd so that's li- not in the mock. It's not in the mock, but it's in the spreadsheet well, that I use to keep track of oh, you extra, you like, sh- I got to do day we'll two do picks. Or- you want to share that with the friends? No, no, he, he shared it with me. I, I have seen it. I don't, you didn't make the cut in this one, Chris. I, I normally don't make the cut, but um, we, we'll do that as a show concept at some point, right? We predict every team's starting quarterback. Right, but I just want to see. I, I just want to see. Chris, I'll let, you, I'll let you pick three teams, and okay. I'll tell you who their quarterback is in the prediction. The New York Jets. Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want to pick the other two. Don't care anymore. Don't care. Yeah, and Chris is don't care. Yeah, it's, it's a reason why you didn't get the text message. Because <laughs> I know what the answer is going to be. Who do you want, Derek Carr? Honestly, I just didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo. I would have, been, I would have accepted almost any other option there. I, I put Derek Carr on the Saints. Low-key Saints uh, have found a life hack, winning two cold-weather games up north the last two weeks. Wow. What do we do about that? Well, they're eliminated from the playoffs, so we're going to talk about them in the Levy Grill. So perhaps that can be oh. our... One of our talking points is when, when you guys get back to the postseason, you're going to be ready for some cold weather road games. <laughs> so just keep they your chin. Cleveland and then Philly, right? Yeah. Well, Philly without Jalen Hurts, but Philly nonetheless. Yeah. Gave up 10 points. It was impressive performance. Um, Anything else, guys? Vibe Association tomorrow. Four or five Levy Grail teams on Wednesday and Thursday. Split up into some fashion. Joe, at some point, is going to issue a public apology to Grayson McCall. Can't wait. I don't. I don't feel like I owe chant, him an apology. Chant to clear for life, Grayson right. McCall. That's right. Can't wait to go see my, my quarterback, Grayson McCall, play. Sounds like he's a listener of the pod and realized that um, he was wrong, so he owes <laughs> me an apology <laughs> or a thank you. All right, that's going to do it. We're done here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks for friends over Ben Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your Monday. We will talk with you all again tomorrow. So make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast and follow along with the dudes. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.